Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the Renault, Dacia and Opel range. Whether it is a petrol, diesel, LPG, plug-in hybrid or electric, we have the perfect car for you. See blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Late Lunch this Friday afternoon. Great to have you with us heading into the weekend. And we have a lovely show for you over the next couple of hours. Don't forget, I'll be giving you a riddle on Friday. And we have a lovely new prize to give to one of you this afternoon. Uh, take note of the numbers 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. And we will, of course, be reflecting on Dundalk's wonderful result in Europe last night shortly. But first today... I've met her many times in the past on this show and she's simply a divine voice. She's a wonderful singer, songwriter and normally we're talking in that vein but today it's quite different. Cathy Grinion, hello again. Hello, good afternoon. How are you, Jerry? I am good, Cathy. My, oh my, I'm just going to say to listeners, have you and your husband and sons been through the ringer this last while? Tell them the story. Covid arrived. Yeah, it is very unexpectedly. Um, my poor husband is still in hospital as we speak, but doing much better, might I add. Um, yeah, he ended up in ICU um, after contracting COVID, uh, very ill with it, um, fully vaccinated, but he has underlying conditions. So we presume that's why it affected him so much. Um, and then little by little, my son started showing symptoms uh, literally within days of each other um, afterwards. So all all my family, except me, contracted COVID um, in the last month. So July has been pretty much a washout. Um, it all kicked off around the 6th, 7th of July. And um, it's, it's, been, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. To say, to say the least, least yeah. roller coaster, may I say. And one of your boys was hospitalised as well, wasn't he? Yeah, for 10 days, yeah. So I have twin boys. They're, they're 22, Adam and Billy. And Adam ended up... Um, on oxygen as well now in, in not in ICU but in isolation yeah um, which we didn't obviously you think you know young young guys are going to get through it they're going to be fine but no um, so there was like two weeks with a husband in ICU at one point and my son in hospital as well and couldn't see any of them which was the most heartbreaking thing for a mother and wife not to be able to visit your family Um so you're at home and, and obviously nursing the other two as well while they were here trying to get through their symptoms. Um, 
and not being able to see anybody because we're all in isolation and the isolation seemed to last forever because every time somebody got it, you had to add another few days on mm. to your period of, of quarantine as such. And um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's been a bit of a nightmare. Um, but I'm, I'm, it's nice to, to say to you today that in hindsight, I can, I, it's, it's, it's going to be a bad memory and that mm. things are much improving. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And like you did everything possible. Willie went elsewhere to isolate from the rest of you. And, no, uh, we, the poor oh, man. The we poor devil. We yes. kicked him out. He pushed, him, pushed him out the door and said, Willie, now go over, go there and look after him. We figured that, that if that was a, the safest thing and yes. the right thing to do so the rest of us wouldn't contract it. Um, but basically we he tested let's say positive on the Wednesday mm. uh, or Thursday I think it was actually um, and we had our PCR test done on the Saturday and the Sunday we got a neg all of us got a negative result and by that evening one of my son Billy had um, showed symptoms of headache sore throat and I just did an antigen home antigen test and it was positive and we got a PCR the next day and he was positive so because the virus takes its time to take a hold on the body before it shows up on these tests, um, it, it, it had actually shown that we were all negative. So um, so then bit by bit, you've seen as the days went on, then one of the others would show symptoms and then they'd be positive. And it just went on like that until all three were positive. Thankfully, I remained negative the whole way through. Mm, God, you're um, going to be a, an, an experiment that people will want to see. The medical people will want you, Cathy, to see. I don't think so. I think the reality of it all, Jerry, is yeah. yes, my husband was vaccinated, but he had underlying conditions which made him vulnerable. Yeah. My three sons were not vaccinated and I was fully vaccinated with no underlying conditions. And mm. I think that's the key. Yes. I think, you know, if you're pretty healthy and you've had your vaccine, you're going to be fine. Mm. That's the reality. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, I was exposed to it four times with, yeah. with my whole family mm. and I'm fine. Thank God I'm fine. And I was really, I know I was careful when they all had it. I did wear PPE gear, you know, serving the meals and stuff because at that point I needed to remain safe. I needed to remain healthy because mm. I wanted to look after everybody. Mm. Um, but it takes its toll. It's, it's difficult and it's not what any of us thought would ever come to our doorstep. Mm. Um, and I know a lot of people out there are you know, not really into their vaccines and not really into maybe washing their hands as much as they should or whatever. But I'm kind of urging everybody to do that because I know I know it protected me and I'm sure I'm 100% to protected my husband from a worse fate. Yeah, so because... I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I can hear the naysayer saying, we told you, Jerry, and I have them, they're on to me here, regular, and yeah. to others as well, saying, you know, about the, va- oh, look at there, somebody got vaccinated, got it, but you want to emphasise that, that Willie... Yeah, I mean, you can still get it when yes. you're vaccinated. That's yes. not the point. The yeah. vaccination is going to protect you yeah. from dying from yes. it, basically. Yeah. Mm. You know, and, and protect you from getting seriously ill if you're healthy. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's... it's Look, I was one of those people that will I get it or won't I get it? And I was the one who got AstraZeneca, so I was really worried about the side effects and everything that goes with that. And yes, I was pretty sick for about three days with it. But I'd rather have those three days than go through what my husband and son went through. Mm. And uh, the boys, of course, now recovering, uh, are uh, going to be vaccinated, the three of them. They are. Yes, they are indeed. They're all ready to go. They have to wait four weeks from yes. their first symptoms. So, yes, yeah, so next week or the week after. Yeah. Uh, Willie is still in hospital in Our Ladies in Navin. He's been cared yes. for uh, and superbly. I have to say, mm. they're fantastic. They have been so good. 
all along and with my son as well. They have been amazing. And we've been blessed with friends and family and the Red Cross were brilliant bringing PPE gear down to me and everything. It's been just everybody. I, there's too many people to mention, but they've all been superb and we're so grateful as a family. And we want to say, like uh, we were joking about Willie, he was uh, shipped elsewhere, but the care he got there, I know your sister-in-law, your extended yeah, family, all the, the yeah, people who minded yeah, that. But you yeah. know you know what, Cathy? I was just thinking, when your sister-in-law made the call, she was really concerned about him. She called the ambulance, told you, etc. That must have yeah. been a harrowing moment because you went then to, to wave him off. Yeah, well, what could I do? I mean, yeah. we, just, we knew, look, we knew he was struggling with it, but we just didn't think it was going to end up being as bad as it was and he needed help he needed support he needed oxygen and it was the right thing to do and thankfully she's a nurse and she knows what she's doing so yeah it was great it was great that she was there and and she you know she had that sort of insight to do that yeah Mm. and you know what you come back to something you said a few moments ago I just want to return to Um, even I have to say it myself perhaps I've got a little bit lax with the hand washing you know what I mean I wear the mask all the time at the distance I think etc but it is so important even with vaccination to pay attention to these basics we've been banging on about since the start of this yeah, and look, we, we've all become complacent because we're all so happy to be coming out of lockdown and going to the restaurants and going to the cafes and, and I know it's outside and everything, but like at the end of the day, it's, it's in the community. You know, it's, it's there. It's, it's getting passed around. People are contracting it. We just need to keep our game up. We need to, you know, keep washing the hands, keep wearing the masks, you know, um, hand sanitizers in shops seems to be a thing. And, and, you know, definitely when you go into a shop, a lot of them are empty. A lot of the, the, the canisters are empty or the, the containers are empty. And, and I think yes. that's something they need to be on top of too. I think, look, it's very easy to feel like life is returning to normal and then you get into your normal familiar mindset. Um, and we want to be there. We want, we want that so much and we need that so much. But the other side of it is if you contract COVID, it can be a horrible, horrible time for your family. And it, it doesn't just affect one person. You know, it will hit the whole family in one way or another, whether it be through the actual virus itself or emotionally. That is so true. And and uh, you're right. It's only when it dawns on your door or darkens your door that you realise what this is really about and how dangerous it is. And we, we, we all that message needs to go out still to everybody. I know we're doing well. The vaccinations are rolling on. There's a great take up by young people. The walk ins are open. Yeah. yeah, the walk ins are open this weekend again. I'd encourage everybody who can to go along and get the vaccination and we will see the other side of this. So Willie's there for a little while longer in in the care. Hopefully not too much longer. He's still on oxygen, but he's Mm. he's you know he's really improving, especially in the last couple of weeks. He's really really rallied. Yeah, Mm. yeah, and we're so proud of him, and we love him to bits. I I know. if he's able to listen, but I'm sure he can listen back to this again sometime. But yes, yes. Yeah, we, look, we love him to bits and we, we miss him dearly. We, we are able, thankfully, he, he's um, his window, we can actually talk through the window at the minute with, to him, which where he is at the minute in the hospital, which is great. So, um, so we actually, you know, can physically see him, which, yes. which makes it a little bit easier. But it was a, it was really hard not being able to see him for mm. like 
21 days I think it was all together before I actually oh got my. to see him yeah. isn't that yeah. just uh, shocking three full weeks but at least and yeah. even when you talk about the, the joy of a window between you that you can yeah. see and, and whatever it brings I still it. can't hug him or yeah. kiss him but he, you know he, brings it all home yeah. it really yeah. really really does and I know how much you're such a united family your boys Willie I, I mean know, everything yeah. to you and you're, you're so close as well all of you and I, I, I have to say it's that I'm sure that I sustained you and taken you all through this time and beyond it as well I won't even talk about music today so that's <laughs> you know that's that as they say and all that's it's, been it's, it's amazing how your priorities change oh, something surely, like this surely surely Cathy they do indeed well listen thank you for joining us and again I send good wishes to Willie your boys and yourself and uh, you, all the very best for the future Appreciate it so much, love. Thanks a million. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's the wonderful Kathy Crinian there. What a voice that woman has. Singer, songwriter. That's the reality, folks. If you think it's gone away, it hasn't gone away, you know. It really hasn't. And we've got to keep the guard up still and, and be as careful as we can. And when I see scenes purportedly from the Healy Rays pub in Kerry on social media and, la- uh, and on the news last night, wouldn't your blood just boil? absolutely boil it really would to see scenes like that do people not realise that we still need to keep up the good fight here and Louise something you said uh, to me during the week Cathy referred to it there the sanitizer. you said this to me you noticed this the lack of uh, sanitising liquid in the sanitizers when you're going in and out of certain shops yeah I, big shops, little shops, the amount of times that there's sanitizer, the unit has been broken, not mm. filled, empty and now you notice so many people just walk past them anyway Yes. Yes, they you know, do. There used to be a queue to hand sanitise outside every mm, shop and mm. half the time now people just walk past. Yeah, no, we've, 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 we have dropped our garden. I'm reminding myself here today, folks. I'm being honest with you. I have to remind myself. I have to start back again, cleaning the hands. I do from time to time, but not as religiously as I did going in and out of shops. And to shopkeepers and, and business owners, please replenish the stocks of the sanitizer. It's another thing. The masks are so important. The distancing still. We've got to keep up the good fight here. We will win in the end. But if we drop the guard, we're going to be in difficulties. That's for sure. Now, it's Friday. It's time for your riddle on Friday. I'm going to give it to you now early on in the show. If Louise gives me the thumbs up, she has it immediately. <laughs> uh, don't sound like so. Stay with me. Listen there and say yes or no. That's all you have to say. Okay, here's your riddle on Friday. What four-letter word can be written forward, backward or upside down and can still be read from left to right. I'll do it once more. What four-letter word can be written forward, backward or upside down and can still be read from left to right? What is the word? Have you got it, Louise? I think so. OK, don't say anything. Anyway, let's see that they get it in late lunch land. We have a lovely new prize to go out to one of you today. Have a go. Send us in the answer. Put your name and details with it, please, as well. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. That's the method to enter our riddle solution competition. Give us the solution to the riddle today on Late Lunch. First break of the Friday afternoon and we're back with a fantastic story from a Dundalk fan who was at the game in Vitesse last night. Yeah, you've heard about it, haven't you? 2-2 at Dundalk and Vitesse Ar- Arnhem. What a result. We're talking about it next. Vitesse Arnhem 2, Dundalk 2 last evening. Wonderful result for the Lily Whites. We're going to be talking to Adrian Taff and a wee while on the show. But first, we're heading to Holland where Daniel Shields, a Dundalk fan, is standing by. Hello, Daniel. 
Well, Jerry, how are you? I'm good. Well, this is some story, boy. Tell us the crack. You, you, you're with a group and you went to the stadium last evening first. What happened? Yeah, so we all came over Wednesday morning. My uncles, my dad and, and two of our mates. And, uh, well, we got into Arnhem Wednesday night. And so we just we were looking around and uh, we stumbled across the club shop in the town. And we went in for a look and we ended up coming out with, with four jerseys. So we got in there and we bought the jersey, whatever, and we just went back to the hotel. And then we got ready for the game. So we were in our Dundalk here and there was a lot of the Vitesse, the ultras, and they were all, you know, they were all welcome. We were thinking, oh, it might be, you know, a bit dodgy with them or whatever, but they were all sound and they took us into their pub and we were all just having a sing song and just having a laugh at them. And uh, yeah, well, they, they marched us through the city and everybody was clapping clapping and singing at us and stuff. So, you know, it was, all, it was just a great buzz about the city before. It's a lovely city, like it's flat. Mm. But, um, yeah, so we got to the we got to the bus station. There's there three buses out if you had your tickets. And, it, well, there was a load of guards and stuff. So the guards, well, they followed us on the bus. And it's only about five minutes or, or even less. But the, when we got to the stadium... A load of the guards just surrounded the bus and they said, "Oh, the test fans get off, and dog fans stay on." So we were kind of we were, we were getting a bit worried, and the boys, well, Jim Adilton and Jimmy Fisher came out to try and help us, and we were there probably ten, fifteen minutes. They, they couldn't get any joy. They said it was just U.S. but they wouldn't let us, and they said we wouldn't be safe inside the stadium, which uh, didn't make any sense because the crack that we were having. Sorry, I'm just on the train here. Yeah. But, um, so you were having the yeah. crack, but you were stopped, and Jim Magilton and the Dundalk people intervened. You still couldn't get in. You weren't going to see the game. So what happened? No. So, well, the buses got turned back, two busloads turned back into the city, and they dropped us, and we just checked the map, and we were right beside our hotel. So we said, someone came up, I don't know who said it, and said, oh, shall we put the test gear in, in, in the hotel? We, I've never ran quicker in my life. We ran up the stairs, panting <laughs> out of breath, all of us changed into the jerseys. We had a scarf. We'd swapped scarves with someone earlier on and we got a taxi back out to the ground and the four of us going in and not saying a word, all these boys, stewards, talking Dutch to us mm. and we were just nodding our heads just trying to keep the straight face but we got in. <laughs> so we were in the stadium and we were looking around us and there was one fella that he had his dark colours on, he had the flag, he was singing and everything by himself and we were, we didn't, we, we knew we couldn't join in. It was too much of a risk. Mm. But uh, as soon as we got in, Vitesse scored the first goal, so we had to go along with the celebration. Oh. And whatever else. But, yeah, and clapping and giving out of it every free kick on Dock one. So, <laughs> you traitors! Yeah, I mean, you traitors! Yeah, we had to, we had to. We would have been thrown straight out. But we, at half-time, then my uncles walked in. They were just in plain clothes. and I don't know how they managed to bribe the stewards, but they got in anyway. So all six of us that travelled over were in. Great. And... Well, it was only just after half time. McElhenney scored, and the plan was if we score, we stay quiet. Well, that went out the window first. <laughs> we were all jumping, and the looks we got from everyone, they were thinking, What's going on? But, well, <laughs> the fellow that was in his colours, he ended up getting thrown out. So that was it. It was quiet for the rest of the night. Oh, he got ejected, the, the, the dark fan in the colours. Yeah. Torfed yeah. out. Do, do you know who he yeah, was? No. Do you know who he is? No, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think right. he might have been. He might have been living over here. Okay, Grant, Grant. Yeah. But anyway, he got the bullet from the stadium. 1-1 it is at that stage. What about the second goal? 
one one the, the second goal and we says right that's it that's it he's he's gone we ha- we have to be quiet until the second goal and we all went crazy again and then we were all looking at each other like right this is the end so look we've seen the two goals it's good it's, if we get thrown out here it doesn't matter but we were all right and <laughs> they equalised and all their boys were, were slagging us and they were all look, turning around to us when we scored and celebrating and obviously thinking why are people in Vitesse colour yes. celebrating but yeah well they all they were, we got a good slagging off them they didn't want too happy and they were, they were complaining but um, yeah well they there's no problems at all. Like the yeah, game yeah, and, and of course they 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 got a goal laid on, which made it two two anyway, and they the, their own crowd went a bit mad. Then I tell you something, oh, yeah. I tip me cap to the to you, and whoever came up with that idea, it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it just it was a complete stroke of luck that I just we were just walking around the city and just stumbled into that shop like, and got the jerseys and had them. I got the jerseys and yeah, and that's what that's what saved us. Like it's it was mad, but it was just a great experience. Oh, you know, like the, I, I I feel like I feel like singing here. You'll never beat the Irish. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. There was no way to, there was no way to, they'd have to drag us out of that stadium yesterday. Oh my! Oh my! What a result, Daniel! You have to uh, say. Unbelievable. Oh, incredible. Then, obviously, incredible. would have been nice to win, but like yes, once the, the ties arrive, going going over the tallow next week, and yeah. I think we. I think we're in with a right chance. Oh, great chance! Great, and I take it you'll be in yeah. Tala legitimately next Thursday. Uh, of course, of course, <laughs> we, have, we have we have legal tickets this time. Ah, oh, good but man yourself. Valid address. Yeah, great. Yeah. Listen, you're yeah. a young fella. What age are you? Yeah, I'm only sixteen. Good yeah, man yourself. You're only sixteen, and this is not your first trip to follow Dundalk in Europe. No, it's my second. I was in 2019. I was over in Bratislava, mm. and. Uh, it was actually pretty similar to this. There were similar numbers, like 30, 40, maybe 50. Yes. But uh, mm. this one was a lot more action-packed. Yeah. To the least. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can see a movie yeah. being made about this down the road. It's I like know, the, it, be, uh, It's just something else. It's like The Great Escape or one of them classic war movies, you know, yeah, outmaneuvering yeah, yeah. the enemy, uh, you know, taking on their garb, uh, joining in with them. Oh, you did it brilliantly. Yeah. Oh, say. no, I'm expecting Amazon Prime to get on <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt they'll be on to you. Terrific well, will, yeah. story. Yeah. Terrific. Who else is with you? Do you throw out a few names there of the others that are with you? My dad, Aidan Shields, my uh, two uncles, Niall and Brian McGuinness, and then we've our mate, uh, Keen Kieran, and his dad, Paul. So, well, the intrepid. Yeah. Is, is that seven? Is that the magnificent seven or six? Six. <laughs> yeah, the one so, short of the Magnificent go. Seven, but there'll be a Magnificent yeah, uh, Six. I nearly think I have a name for the movie now at this stage, but there you yeah, go. Well, well, we'll give we'll give credit to the fellow that got thrown out. We'll include him. That's yeah. right. You have the yeah, seven. Good yeah. thinking, Daniel. Good thinking. Give the Magnificent take. Seven were in the <laughs> ground last night cheering on Dundalk. Yeah, uh, listen, yeah. it's a great story. It really is. And I'm ah, delighted for you. And I know you're flying home later today. Anyway, congratulations to y'all and getting to the well, game. And good luck next week. Of course, we'll be with you all the way on LMFM for that thank big you. second tie. Take care of yourself, Daniel.
Thanks for chatting. Come on. Not at all. Not at all. Lovely to talk to you, Daniel. Goodbye. Goodbye. That's Daniel Shields there. Ain't that some story, folks? It really is. We're not finished about it either because uh, Adrian Taff will be joining us uh, later on in the show and we'll we'll hear the goals. We'll hear the goals back. It was something else last evening. It, It really was. Now, we're staying on the music theme and my next guest sent me a message a little over a week ago and introduced himself and said, I'm going to release uh, this new song on Friday the 6th of August. He's a brilliant singer-songwriter from Balbriggan. I never heard of him before, but you're going to hear more about this fella in the future for sure. Ben Pine, welcome to Late Lunch. Oh, hi, Jerry. Thank you for having me on. You're very welcome. Thanks for sending me that message, and they're going to hear what you're all about uh, very shortly indeed. Tell us a bit about yourself. Where does the music and the instrumental end and the writing and performing come from, Ben? Um, I believe that it's a natural thing. I mean, there is some interest in music on both sides of my family. Um, My grandfather liked to sing. My father, when he was younger, he was very interested in music. There is music somewhere on my mother's side. But um, I think um, if you ask anyone who has a strong passion for music, where it comes from, the majority will probably say the same, which is that it's just an inbuilt part of who you are. So um, I don't fully attribute it to to a family tradition or anything like that. I think it's just, Mm. uh, yeah, a natural sort of um, part of me. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it does. As you mentioned there, it's in mm. the family as well, but it, it's you and and it's about you. Where, where did it begin? Where did you go to learn first? You play piano. Did you take formal lessons? Yeah, um, I started playing piano when I was about six or seven and uh, I've been writing songs for just as long as that, really. Um, but I've been recording on what I would consider a more professional level since 2015. I wrote and recorded a series of EPs, which are like mini albums. And then in 2019, I released an actual album. So, um, yeah, I think it's always been there. It's just uh, been a case of sort of tipping away in the background sometimes. And um, unfortunately, it does take a while to, to find whichever musical path you want to explore and then develop connections and so on. Uh, so it did take uh, a few years to to figure out where exactly I wanted to take it and get onto the path that I'm on now. But um, certainly the passion has been there all my life, I'd say. Mm, but you're on yeah. a, a hell of a path, may I say, at this stage. And you've been very okay. successful I, 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 in the uh, collaborations. You've worked with quite a number of people as well, not just here in Ireland, but abroad too. Yeah, um, so the last couple of years in particular, I've been connecting with producers um, in Ireland and also across Europe. So um, at the moment, I'm working with a producer in Norway. Um, we um, we he, Essentially, he builds the track and then I would write the lyrics and the melody on top of that. Um, so yeah, I've been working with um, producers in France, Germany, um, uh, yeah, all corners of Europe really, as well as here at home. So. Mm. And you and, uh, you also perform in your own right. You're one half of Serenade. I perform with um, uh, a country singer from a tie. She's a good friend of mine. Her name is Carrie Haskins, and uh, we go under the name Serenade. Um, so we perform mainly weddings, civil ceremonies, and so on. Mm. Um, that would be sort of the extent of my live performances. Um, but I really enjoy it because it's generally more intimate and uh, a more gentle sound. But obviously with 
the pandemic, it's sort of been an industry that's been hit hard. I think yes. for anyone who's planned to get married within the last year, mm. there's been all kinds of boundaries in live music and uh, um, many obviously have chosen to postpone. But uh, hopefully that's starting to change now as the, the world reopens, we can get back out and, uh, and play again. Yeah, please God. And that mm. is on the horizon soon. But it's enabled you as well to work away, you know, writing, uh, composing, working with others, uh, as you said. Um, the name Pine, I want to just mention this for a minute. It's yeah, a famous yeah, sure. name in the Balbriggan area. And I did tell you when we were talking <laughs> offline did, uh, yeah, that my yeah. late father, Brendan, was a good friend to the Greyhounds of your grandfather, Paddy Pine. Yeah, that's right. Paddy Pine was my grandfather, as we were saying off the air. He was, uh, he's probably, um, best remembered for his connection with Greyhounds mm. and Greyhound training himself. And my uncle Pat, uh, were two of a kind in that way, both very passionate about the sport and very well respected for their commitment to it. I'm sure the same as your father. Mm. Um, so I won't pretend that my own knowledge of greyhounds is great, to be honest, but uh, that particular skill must have skipped by my genetics. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, certainly uh, a big focus in my wider family circle and um, a skill that was passed down, as I mentioned, my uncle. Yeah, I never... My uncle I, Pat and, and uh, my cousin Jennifer as well. Yes. Uh, right so, yes. Yeah. Isn't it a small world at times when you... It's a small world, yeah. We are yeah. a small community in Ireland and yeah. family. Yeah. You know, that there's generally always a connection with somebody. It, it was so ironic, really, when, when you contacted me. As soon as I saw the name, I said, oh my yeah. God, yeah, Paddy Pine. It, it had to be. Yeah. But, but before we talk about this song and the connection yeah. with, uh, yeah. you know, Pat, uh, I, I, yeah. I, I'm intrigued by something. You were a Jew for the Eurovision Sound Contest this year. That's right, yeah. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, because I've had to explain this to quite a few people, each country that participates at Eurovision must have a professional jury of five people uh, who would vote in the semi-finals and then the final. So uh, the jurors come from a variety of backgrounds, in music, music journalism, musicians and radio DJs like yourself. Um, so I was one of the five jurors for Ireland this year. So uh, along with four others, we got together with RT and Donny Brook, uh, watched watch the shows and then collectively ranked the songs and decided where Ireland's 12 points went. So um, it was, a, yeah, it was a real privilege to be part of it. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, Just to, yeah. I don't want to pry too much, but yeah, did, yeah, did, you, did, did you did you reckon on Italy? Did we vote for Italy, the winners? I had ranked... Um, my, my within my personal ranking, it, it, Italy was fourth. Mm. I ranked France first, so it was it was definitely on my radar. But um, when our votes were combined, when my votes were combined with the other four jurors, we we didn't actually award it, Italy mm. any points at all. So, so um, yes, yeah, so I, I saw it as a potential winner, but um, yes. There was definitely an element of surprise there, yeah. And yeah. Of course, this year, Leslie Roy is also from Balbriggan Bar- originally, so it was, um, it was nice to have that sort of connection there as well. Yeah. yeah, of course, yeah. And, uh, you know, C'est la vie, you're part of a, a panel and uh, the communal yeah. thing uh, yeah. applies in the end then for the voting. Now, back to this song, which we're going to hear in a moment. It's called Bremer Melody, Bremer Melody. And uh, come back to your... Uh, Late Uncle Pat. This, this mm. is the connection here. This was the name of one of his dogs. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Pat was um, very 
dedicated to greyhounds and greyhound training, uh, very well respected within that area. And Bremore Melody was the name of one of his most successful greyhounds. So um, really, I decided after he passed away that I wanted to write a commemorative piece for him. My uncle absolutely, he loved music. And although he wasn't a musician, he had a real appreciation for it. He had a great ear for it. And um after it was all put together, when it came to choosing a, a title for the piece, Bremore Melody seemed like uh, an appropriate title. Bremore is, is also, it's an area in Balbriggan, mm. which I'm from originally, and also uh, which a large number of my relatives, including Pat, are, are from. And it's on the outskirts of the town. Um, so Bremore Melody, the name of his greyhound then, which he trained very successfully, uh, it seemed like an appropriate choice. Uh, given that it does have so much meaning and history and uh, it's a personal touch. Yeah, it's lovely. It really so. is. And that's a, a beautiful tribute to Pat and uh, to all your family and the area of Bremore as well that's known well uh, round Balbriggan. Where can people check out your music and your other work? Um, so I have a Facebook page. People are welcome to, to go and have a look uh, at that uh, so it's just under my name Ben Pine uh, P-Y-N-E um, and on all the usual platforms Spotify and iTunes and so on you'll find my music there under, under the same name Ben it's been a pleasure speaking to you this afternoon on the show you are a real talent you're a young guy and mm. you're going places and I, I say to people watch out for this fella in the future Ben Pine that's P-Y-N-E check him out on his Facebook and he, he has a wonderful repertoire already but today is the day that he launches Bremore Melody. He's been speaking to us on Late Lunch and I'm really uh, honoured that he has. Let's hear it now, Ben, and I wish you well for the future. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Jerry. Bye-bye.
Isn't it beautiful? It really is. Ben Pine there and Bremore Melody. It's simply gorgeous. It really is. I was so impressed first time I heard it. I hope you enjoyed it too. That's a young man with a real bright future. Another fantastic European night for Dundalk in Vitesse, Holland last evening. 2-2 it finished over there. We heard Daniel Shields' remarkable story at the top of the show. A 16-year-old supporter who got into the game last night. Let's remind ourselves of the goal. Here's Adrian Taff and by his side, James Rogers. Nicely shaped one. Pat Hoopman was lurking behind Dukey then, but Dukey rises and wins the header. Pat Hoopman will pick up the loose ball, finds Jokovskis. Hoopman is out of the middle. Jokovskis puts the cross in anyway towards Patrick McElhenney. Oh, Patrick McElhenney! Patrick McElhenney guides his header past Marcus Schubert and Dundalk have levelled. And it's another famous Dundalk goal in Europe. And Patrick McElhenney has got it. Wonderful goal by Dundalk. Hooping out of the middle. Who do you hit in there? Patrick McElhenney is the answer. It's Vitesse 1, Dundalk 1. What a goal. What a goal. He doesn't score many headers. I think uh, he got one in the FAI Cup final in 2018. And I think that was maybe the first he'd ever scored. How he got up that high. He absolutely towered above everyone. Great ball by Jarkovskis. But you're just thinking, you know, Vitesse had more in there. You're thinking it's, this is going to be cleared. And, and what a header. Steered into the top right-hand corner. Brilliant, because he has been the dog's best player for me tonight. From a defensive point of view, if you look at him now, uh, I mean, he's left huge gaps here and the dog might exploit it. Here's Patrick McElhenney. He's in behind. And Patrick McElhenney holds it up. And McElhenney! Oh! That is magnificent by Patrick McElhenney! Absolutely magnificent! It looked like the chance had gone, but McElhenney, imperiously impudently lifts it over Schubert and Dundalk have come from a goal down to lead by two goals to one this is something special you, you talk about commentators course it was the opposite there I said Missouri leaves gaps and what a ball by Hoban to release McElhenney I thought the chance had gone I thought he, he didn't have the legs but I mean that I don't even know how to describe that chipped finish but it's as good as you'll see in the Europa Conference League or any European club competition this season. Absolutely outstanding. Outstanding indeed. I'd hate to be with Adrian when he does get excited, to be honest with you. Anyway, blood pressure restored just before coming on air. The man himself, our man Adrian Taffer, our match commentator last night, joined me and I thanked him uh, for dropping by to have a chat, even though he might have been experiencing a little bit of jet lag. For the second week in a row, because remember the result against Tallinn last week was fantastic as well, and the late goal by Will Patching last week, um, it was very hard to sleep after that, and it was pretty much the same thing again last night because of the adrenaline, there's no doubt about it, you get caught up in it a bit, you know, and um, oh, it, was a gr- it was a great night, it was one of the great, I think, European football nights for any Irish team, never mind uh, Justin Dock. Vitesse Arnhem are a very, very good team. Uh, they have you know players in from all over the world you know a, a host of internationals around them and um, it was a great result for Dundalk one that did not look likely if, likely if you only saw the first half and you went away 1-0 to Vitesse you would have went away thinking well this is going to finish 4 you know it might have been 4 at half time but uh, Dundalk uh, found a way to you know uh, disrupt the pattern of the game and, and change things in the second half and in fact equalised went ahead uh, McElhaney uh, ironically the man who's already signed for Derry City for next season. Yeah, and what a player Dundalk are going to lose. You know, he... I think James Rogers said to me this is the 14th... Last night was the 14th match in a row that he's played. 
Patrick McLaney has had huge injury problems during his time at Dundalk, you know, and he's very rarely got that sort of run of games. And you can just see the confidence that he has in his own body, presumably. Um, but the quality of the two goals and the difference between the two goals, I said in the commentary uh, for the first goal that uh, Pat Huben was out of the middle. He was part of the move to set it up. And Rivas Jarkovskis put the cross into the middle. And while I was watching, I was thinking, there's no point putting that cross in. Pat Huben's not there. But uh, McElhenney rose, Huben-like, and uh, headed it past Schubert, the Vitesse goalkeeper. It was a great goal. And then the second goal. like It was as good as any that will grace the Champions League, never mind the Europa Conference League this season. Brilliant breakaway goal. Um, brilliant composure and presence of mind to lift it up over the defender and the goalkeeper it was a, it was a great moment I have to say one of the great goals they'll be disappointed with that goal at the end yeah and disappointing as well the nature of it as well you know Sonny Natastad who had a very good game as well you know a lot of these uh, players that have been brought in um, they've settled as the season and Vinnie Perth has helped that a lot too Alessio Obibi who was you know a figure of some ridicule and derision um, has been absolutely brilliant over the last few games and last night he was excellent Sonny Natastad similarly has improved and improved and uh, it was just disappointing that that header he had it pretty much straight up into the air with no real conviction on it at that stage of the game and maybe Daryl Lee he might have been in a better position to deal with it Sonny Natastad didn't hear the shout apparently there was a shout but they were right in front of the Vitesse, Vitesse fans behind the goal and he obviously didn't hear it he it was a it was a not enough decisiveness in the header for me it went straight up into the air and it was a really good finish by Openda who is one of their best players but he won't be in the second leg because he was sent off you know so uh, that's another nice little twist of fate that might suit Dundalk for the second leg What do you think next Thursday Tala it's there for them you know this could be one of the biggest scouts ever if they go on and win this game they can win it It would be second only I would say to the Bate Borisov win in 2016 you know and, and similar to the Bate Borisov game Dundalk had uh, been out there and taken a battering away from home and but had come away with just a 1-0 deficit. Um, on this occasion, they've got a draw, you know, so they've more to build on uh, against a team that may not be quite as good as that, possibly. You know, it's definitely a very good Vitesse team, but uh, maybe not quite as good as Borisov. But then Dundalk aren't quite as good as the 2016 vintage either. Uh, but they're there. They definitely have an opportunity. You know, they'll have the home support there. They'll have 1,500 people behind them. They're very familiar with Tallis Stadium. It's like a second home for Dundalk. In fact, they've probably had more success there than Shamrock Rovers. Um, but uh, So they're there. They have a chance. And, you know, after the game and thinking about it, and I've grown more bullish as the, what, 14 hours since the game finished has gone on, you know. <laughs> and I'm starting to think that, yeah, they, they definitely have a real chance here, you know. And Vitesse, of course, that was their first competitive game of the season. We have to say that as well. They'll have a you know ninety minutes under the belt. They'll be more aware of Dundalk's capabilities as well. But it's intriguing, isn't it? It's oh, a big game to look forward to. It is, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's another week of training that they'll have had, and they will have had one competitive game under the belt. But their preseason matches haven't gone particularly well for them. I think they've won just two games in eight in eight. Uh, then last night they didn't win either, so confidence won't be very high there. Uh, they've lost one of their star strikers um, they took off their star player uh, Bazour last night who I don't know if you saw any of the game Jerry, but he played at centre back but they have this system that's really fluid their centre backs 
you'll often see them out on the wings, on the two wings. You know, it's remarkable what they do. But they got caught out for that McElhenney breakaway goal. You know, it offered opportunities for Dundalk. And Dundalk will probably see it that way in the next leg as well. You know, if they can soak up a bit of pressure and be and have resolve, they might get opportunities on the break. You know, I think there's a, there's definitely an opportunity for them. The appetite's wet already. Adrian, thanks so much indeed for your thoughts just hours after that famous 2-2 draw for Dundalk. And next Thursday, bring it on. Thanks indeed. Thanks, Jerry. Yes, Adrian Taft speaking to me there just before coming on air and next Thursday. What a match that is going to be. We look forward already. Now, what else have I to say to you? Oh, yeah, just reminding you again uh, about the online music, the Back Garden Festival with Harvey Norman and JBL, your specialist in sound this summer. You can listen to all the great music you desire. No festivals this year. You can have it in your back garden when the weather picks up. It will again, I promise you, by listening on the LMFM app or on lmfm.ie. Enjoy. Uh, I see the change in regulations now. 200 at outdoor events. It's changing all of the time. But uh, again, vaccinations ongoing this weekend. Get your vax. Let's get to that number that we can say uh, by year end that we're past the worst of this uh, COVID situation that's been rattling on now since the spring of 2020. My next guest on Late Lunch today has a background in fine art and design. She's a child and young people's therapist. Uh, She's a master's degree in art psychotherapy and is currently working on finishing off a PhD in well-being and heritage. She has just published or had her first book published. It's called The Little Squirrel Who Worried. And I have to say, it's absolutely delightful. I'm delighted to say hello to uh, the woman who made it happen, Katie O'Donoghue. Hello. Hello, Jerry, and thank you very much. What a lovely introduction. Wow. It's lovely to be here. I can tell you, we have a book club on the show. We do a lot of books and we talk to quite a few authors as well, children's of every genre. And this is one of the loveliest children's books. I have ever come across in my time in this show. I want to say this to you. It's beautiful. Congratulations. Um, Tell tell my listeners the backstory, because this is a great story when you (laughs) had the draft of the book. Tell them what happened. Take us through that. Yeah. Yeah. So that all happened last year. Um, So last year I was living in the UK at the time and I was working for CAMS, the Children and Adolescents Mental Health Service. And I had been facilitating um, a group for parents, which was uh, supporting them in helping uh, their children manage anxiety. So at the time, I was inspired to start drawing a little squirrel. And that was a means for me of connecting with home and family, thinking of our own national park down in Killarney. Mm. But I put sort of the script of the group work in a way, turned it into a story. And that was... uh, I guess, the manuscript I put together. So delighted with myself. <laughs> I was sending it off to my father uh, by email and it was a Thursday night and it was quite late and I was tired and off I sent the email thinking, that's great. Just set, checked my sent box, looked at it, realised I'd made a mistake and it had been sent off to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I thought, God, haven't we all done that? But um, I thought, well, look, you know, it's only for my own enjoyment. It would be grand. Um, Next morning, anyway, there in my inbox was an email and it was from a different Brian O'Donoghue. And Brian O'Donoghue said to me, hi, Katie, I don't think you meant to send this to me, but I couldn't help but be curious. And I opened the email and read the story. And now this Brian 
has a son called Henry, who's six, and they both live, it turns out, in Chicago, Illinois. And Henry had been seeing a therapist for some support with anxiety. And so Brian read the story to him that night. Um, they did some of the, the little exercises that are in there. I think the one he talked about was Badger and how it made him get really comfortable and relaxed for bed. And when they were saying goodnight, little Henry turned to Brian and said, Dad, that was a really good bedtime story. And Brian said, he's never said that about any story before. So mm. please, if, when you have it published, will you let us know so that we can buy some copies? Uh-uh. And I know. And it was so kind and generous of Brian to even share that experience with me. But it was, it was sort of uh, acknowledgement and validation of, and also giving me a push to think, yes. well, do you know, I if a child, uh, I guess, re- engages that way with the story and it helps them, then maybe it can help other children. Mm. Do you know what I'm thinking? What? Inadvertent market research. <laughs> in what way? You know, in that, you know, you know, people send things out oh, to I people suppose. to research yeah. it and you invert- inadvertently sent it to the wrong, Brian. And you had this market research done that you never thought about. And you got the <laughs> feedback that said to you, hey, I yeah. may have something here. So that's exactly what happened, because then you went to Gill Books. I did. I went to Gill and I got a phone call from the director of Gill Books, Nikki Howard. And she was really excited about the story and quite you know uh, emotive and really felt connected to little squirrel and his journey through the forest and how it applied to what we were all going through at the time I think the phone call I got from Nikki was just before Christmas so what a lovely surprise and um, I guess it really just brought home everything uh, for her as well about what we had been experiencing during COVID kind of being being separated from loved ones and not the social anxiety as things were you know, coming back a bit and stopping mm. again, the stopping and starting of it all. And um, I guess in a way, definitely for children, but the book applies to us all in some shape or form it as well. Does. It does. And I was going to say this because I know this and I've experienced it myself. And I, I talk to people who have as well of all ages that we've all squirreled ourselves away and had to for <laughs> so long that it is exactly. difficult at times to come out. You know what I mean? To break out from that. Yeah. Mm, exactly uh, and that's incredibly natural and normal if we've been kind of you know for our, our health and for our loved one's health keeping ourselves squirreled away I like that mm. <laughs> um, you know it's we're not used to I guess the, the social uh, in, engagement yeah. and so be- mm. Mm. there oh, comes anxiety from uh, mm. re-engaging yes with that. yes and and Definitely. you've you've pulled on your 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 expertise your work your knowledge in the field etc to incorporate not just it but other matters as well uh, that affect all of us into this book through the characters in it and the story mm. itself I said you had a background in fine art and design my god have you a background these are all your illustrations they are. Thank you, Jerry. Oh, yeah, my. I love drawing them. Oh, <laughs> listen, listen. Talk about being doubly or trebly talented. You are a young woman for sure. When when I see these, but I mean this. This is just a simply beautiful book. And, um, you know, the, the, the Gil jumped on this. I know Nikki Howard is quoted as saying when she got the book and the manuscript and saw everything, there was only one one thing to do. Publish this book as quickly, <laughs> quickly as possible. Um, it's been well received, hasn't it? Really well. 
It has, it has. And it, what's been so lovely is, you know, hearing from whether it's parents or those caring for children about how their children have read it, really enjoyed it. Um, a colleague of mine shared with me just earlier this week that um, they were reading it as a bedtime story and sometimes her little girl would get up in the middle of the night and want to come into bed with them. And that night now, mum uh, had a chat with her daughter and said, okay, so we'll do the re- bedtime story and then you're going to stay in, in your own bed tonight. And so they did the bedtime story and it was time for lights off. And the little girl said, uh, close the door, mummy. And mum said, well, you never have the door closed. She's like, I'm going to be a brave like little squirrel. <laughs> and she and she stayed in her bed that night. So oh. whether or not it was the book, but I just thought how lovely to Isn't hear that, that the child lovely. had engaged. Yeah. Yes. No, and I'm sure it is to do with the book because look at the mm. folks, the characters. I love the little squirrel and his friends in the forest, Wren, Snuffly the Hedgehog, Grey Rabbit, Mr. Fox, Old Badger, the Great Stag. They're all there and they all have their own stories as well. Ah, that's just lovely to hear. And there'll be more. You're going to hear more of those type of things. Look, in a general sense, besides the book, you know well, it is a time of great anxiety, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it definitely is for people for so many different reasons. And, um, you know, we are still coming out of this lockdown and um, we're having to deal with, I guess, the changes that are, there's changes happening all the time. And with those come other levels of anxiety or worries but um you know to i guess to remind ourselves it is just kind of one step at a time and to be um gentle with ourselves as as well you know um mm. the expectation of oh you know we just have to get on with it but you know there's things we can do to help us with those challenges yeah and uh, you know you address this as well in the book it's 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 you know as the story is read and the characters come to life and you work through it. It, it, it it's it's in there these coping techniques you know that mm-hmm. that are, are little things but so important to help the young the young minds and and minds of all age cope definitely i completely agree with you jerry it's uh they're, and they're small things but sometimes it can be hard to remind ourselves of them um yeah. And then for children, it's a great, simple way of sort of uh, touching on, using it as a springboard to have, you know, for themselves to learn, but also maybe to open up conversations, whether it's with their parents or other or their grandparents, their loved ones or their teachers or whatever adults um, they trust in their life. Um, Mm. I think, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's terrific. It's reminiscent, as they say. Uh, people would be f- familiar with the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. You know, a, yeah. a famous, famous book. It's nice to be mentioned in, in the same <laughs> breath, isn't it? Oh wow! What a compliment! Yeah, Charlie Maxey is uh, amazing, and I have his book myself, and uh, you know, um, incredibly supportive book to have during COVID. So thank you for putting me <laughs> my book in the same sentence. <laughs> Not at all. Do you recommend, you know, it's it's a lovely book. Uh, you know what I mean? It's not it's not a ginormous book. You could you could yeah. actually, if you spend time with your child, read it gently in a single sitting. There's about 60 pages in it. Would you mm-hmm. recommend that as the author or do you recommend taking it a stage at a time across a number of nights, perhaps a couple of weeks? Um, I think it completely depends on, say, if it was, I will say with the child, um, they're, I guess, 
their level of what they like to do with regards to reading. Some mm. children like to have a bit of a story each night and then others they want to start to finish. I think each parent kind of would know what, what their child yes. best really. Mm. I do think it's a lovely opportunity for parent and child to sit together and, you know, read the book and have that moment. And yeah. then if the child felt that they wanted to talk about anything, so whether it's at night time, because it can just be a bedtime story or something they do in the middle of the day, which leaves room then for a conversation. Um, either way, I think, um, mm. yeah, I think parents, they know their child the best yes. really and that they can just, between the child and the parent, and again, if a child wants the book finished, that's going to happen, I think, you know. <laughs> For sure it will. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're so right there. And again, age-wise, what do you pitch it at age-wise? Is it for any age or do they need to be of an age to start with this? I would say um, a four and above mm. and after that, any age. Just because I think uh, cognitively they might be able to, you know, um, sort of, empathize with the characters and understand a bit, maybe not take on um, some of the coping skills, but they'll enjoy the story. Mm. And then, and they're, and they're spending time with mom or dad at bedtime, reading the story and then any age upwards, really. um, Yes. Children, young and old. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know something, a a, a new chapter in your life, you know, this beckons now after this one, it really does. Because I say again, it's beautiful. The illustrations, the words, the way it's uh, brought together. And, and, And I will say once more in my time doing this show, and I'm here quite a few years now, this is without one of the finest and not the finest uh, book I have ever had um, the privilege to read and be sent Mm -hmm. and feature on the show. It's simply brilliant. Wow. I'm thank you. Not at all. I mean those words. I really do. Uh, For children uh, from four years of age up, it is superb. It's called The Little Squirrel Who Worried by Katie O'Donoghue. It's published by Gill Books and I take it it's available online and all over the place, Katie. It definitely is. (laughs) No, check it out, folks. I recommend it. I have my copy. I normally give it away. But you see, today, Katie, I can't give it away because I'm going to tell you why. I have two. I have two little granddaughters. Pippa will be two shortly and Ava is six. And Ava's coming to stay this evening. And you see this book? I'll be throwing myself into the bed beside her and we'll be reading your book. Beautiful. Please let me know what Ava thinks of it. I will. I will for <laughs> sure. You, you have a real talent, young lady. Congratulations mm-hmm. on the book and I look forward to the next one whenever that is. Thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you so much, Jerry. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. The little squirrel who worried folks, I give it a ten. A ten I give this book by Katie O'Donoghue. Look it up, get it, read it for your children and enjoy. What four-letter word can be written forward, backward or upside down and can still be read from left to right? Miss Louise Walsh, answer please. Noon. Noon is what we were looking for. Noon. N-double-O-N. And winning our little gift today from us here in LMFM Radio's Late Lunch is Leanne Caffrey in Drogheda. Well done to you. You got the answer right, along with many, many others as well. Louise... I am going to insert a new name into your name. I'm going to call you today Louise McGillicuddy Ferreter. Why? Because you <laughs> reek. I feel so sorry for Eddie. You reek. And I reek of garlic. That's oh, her new that name. Bad. That's her nickname now. I'm going to call her McGillicuddy. Yeah. 
I've actually asked Bridge and Reception for some air freshener. Jesus, I went into the studio and I had... <laughs> my heart, my heart wobbled when I got the waft. What have you been eating? My son brought home a little jar of fantastic garlic sauce from um, Marita's garlic... <laughs> Marita and Peter's garlic farm in Baltray and of course I just had to take a few spoonfuls before I left the house not even thinking but it's it's so strong I re- I do I recommend I any, put, on, I put on a face mask Jerry, anybody, and I smothered myself anybody looking for an alternative form of family planning <laughs> what's it called again <laughs> it's fabulous Oh, and the name of God Almighty McGillicuddy. Yes, yes. I'll, uh, to give Marita a plug. She does off. so much work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nobody annoying me all evening. Yeah, but really, like, you know, when you eat gar- I, I had some bruschetta with some garlic. I got a little bit of garlic succeeded for me at home this year. Small amount. And uh, I have the tomatoes and the crusty bread <laughs> and a little bit. And I had bruschetta. <laughs> I think I don't know who I was with. Maybe Kenny was saying, "In the name of God, the smell of you!" I I didn't realise I couldn't get the garlic. You know when you eat it yourself. Yeah, oh, but well, you wear a face mask and you do get a pack. <laughs> well, it's probably a little that. different with the mask. It is indeed, <laughs> but uh, it's one thing you're wondering about. Anyway, hard luck to Natalia Kyle, the bloody horse, Louise. I know a horse. But Mr. Ed, so Mr. Well. Ed is what she needed that she could talk to him. But the horse went bonkers on her, and she was in contention. I feel so sorry for her, but well done, well done, Natalia. Give it a great shot. I have to say the blinking horse let her down. Anyway, the Olympics coming to an end. Kelly Harrington, will she win the gold on the final day on Sunday? Please, God, she will. Anyway, Japan, Tokyo, they delivered the Olympics in strange circumstances. And with that in mind, and taking us to news, weather and sport at three, I should have played this one a long time ago. What is that song, Jerry? Well, it's called Turning Japanese. Yes, the song I played into three o'clock today by English band The Vapors. It's from their 1980 album, Nuclear Days. And I'm sure I have that album myself. Uh, it was a huge international hit, number one in the UK and the most well-known song. And it's... Uh, about a person being separated, a man being separated from the woman he loves and preoccupied her with the photos of her and uh, sure, look, the rest is history. It was a biggie for them. Uh, you could probably term it a one hit wonderful. The Vapours, thanks for all your comments and texts to the show for entering the competition. We do appreciate uh, your participation and we have a number of texts in wishing Willie Crinion, Cathy and all of the family all of the very best. They're lovely people and they're very popular uh, in the uh, trim area of County Meath. Now, Tony Bennett is my Artist of the Week and I conclude his story today. I was telling you yesterday he faced ruin. He was addicted to cocaine but his son Danny stepped in and became his dad's manager. He was a musician himself, Danny, but he had a great head for business and he really rescued Tony from ruin and reignited his career. He moved his dad back to New York where he loves and lives and came from and was born and he re-signed with Columbia Records but this time they had creative control, a significant difference. In 1986, The Act of Excellence was his first album to chart since 1972. It was a long time. And moving on from there into the 80s, he opened uh, or he began a regular slot on the very popular David Letterman show on TV and it opened a whole new younger hip audience to Bennett 
in the late 80s and 90s. And his revival culminated in an MTV unplugged appearance which spawned an album which went platinum and won not one but two Grammy Awards, including Album of the Year in 1994. Yes, Tony Bennett was really reborn. Since his comeback, he's prospered in every way, personally, musically and financially. He continues to perform, as I've been telling you all week, and his final farewell concert sold out and took place last evening in Radio City Music Hall with Lady Gaga at the age of 95. Now, he's getting on, he really is, but you know something, for a man that's coping with Alzheimer's, he's simply brilliant. And you have to say that Tony Bennett's voice, timing, interpretation, etc. have remained impeccable despite his advancing years. Did you know this? I didn't know until today that he's a wonderful painter, artist. He really is. Check out his work. He's exhibited extensively. He's a wonderful collection and he paints under his real name, Benedetto. Check it out. Benedetto is the the name and look at the Tony Bennett's work. It's marvellous. He's been married three times. He has two sons from his first marriage, two daughters from his second and he's been with his third wife, Susan Crow, since the late 80s. She's 40 years his junior. Yes, she is. But he's with her since then and she looks after him. Today on the show, I want to play out with a classic. Now, bear with me on this one. It starts a little bit slowly, but once it gets into it, you will hear Tony Bennett sing it his way. When all the world is a hopeless jumble And the raindrops tumble all around Ah yes, simply wonderful, they say, isn't it? Form is temporary, class is permanent. Well, that certainly applies to Mr Tony Bennett, my artist of the week this week. I've so enjoyed his story and his songs. I hope you have too. Final break of the week on Late Lunch and up next, it's Leon Blanche looking ahead to the weekend sport. Leon Blanche, communications manager with Boyle Sports, is with us again this Friday afternoon looking ahead to some of the big clashes over the weekend in sport. And we begin, Leon, tonight at the Brandywell in Derry. The League of Ireland Premier Division, Drogheda. Oh, I worry for them, I have to say, at this stage, Leon, travelling up to the northwest against a, a much better form, Derry City. Yeah, Jerry. look, I mean, it started extremely well for Drogheda and they were going along so nicely, there was no pressure. Um, back up in the top place. They've been getting some big results. But as of late, they're on a downward spiral and it kind of, it's a bit reminiscent of Shelburne, isn't it, last season, how Shelburne started very well, but then they started to falter away slowly but surely. So I've got to try and stop this slide. I mean, losing to Waterford was a big blow. Um, I didn't expect that to happen. Now, looking at it, Derry at home, well, they are favourites and I suppose they're rightly favourites because they deserve to be. Um, Drogheda's form is not it's just not good enough at the moment however this is a chance to try and rectify the slide but I think the best they could hope for is a draw and I'm sure these Drogheda players and management team would actually take a draw if you offered it to them right now however Derry favourites but I'm going to give Drogheda a chance Jerry. I think they can go up there and maybe nick a point and hopefully stop the bad slide that they're on at the present time now, across the water, the curtain raises of the season it happens at Wembley the weekend. It's only a week away now from the start of the Premier League new season. And, of course, the traditional charity shield, the league champions taking on the cup winners. So it's Leicester against City. 
It's Leicester against City. Look, Leicester have strengthened their squad. Brendan Rodgers got their business done early and brought in Taka up front. He brought in Ryan Bertrand at left full. I think they're two good signings. Obviously, Bertrand will know exactly all about the Premier League. Taka is unknown, but he's young, he's quick, he's powerful. Coming in from RB Leipzig. Man City, on the other hand, well, they've splashed the cash. They wanted Jack Grealish. They got him. $100 million. No problem to Man City. They've got plenty of plenty of money in the tank. Lionel Messi, will he be joining the Etihad on a free transfer? Who knows? And they also want Harry Kane. So if they get even... If they get Harry Kane and Jack Grealish for me, I think it's going to be very difficult for any side to stop them um, inside the Premier League this season. However, this is a charity shield. I'm sure a lot of players are not fully up to scratch yet. Um, they couldn't be because a lot of them were at the Euros. But you've still got a fancy Man City, Jerry. The squad is just too strong. It really is a solid, packed squad of multiple internationals from all across the world. And I've got to go for Man City to get the job done inside 90 minutes. Now, GAA this weekend, the hurling semi-finals take pride of place. And what a lineup we have. Cork will take on Kilkenny. But let's start with Waterford against Limerick. Waterford, they're still trying to win that All-Ireland. Have they any chance against Limerick, who surely are the fancied side? Yeah, look, Limerick are favourites, Jerry. But, you know, Waterford now, like this is the fourth week in a row uh, playing a game of hurling. And they've been getting stronger, in my opinion. I thought they were really impressive against Tipperary. And we all saw what Tipperary did to Limerick in that first half. They were able to go 10 points clear at half time, which was really, really impressive. But then in the second half, Jerry, they just let it completely slip. Limerick were able to overturn that 10-point deficit, a win by five points. Waterford will be looking for a big, um, sorry, a strong start. They need to get out of the blocks early. They need to try and put Limerick under a bit of pressure. But I just think Limerick will have had the ideal preparation. They've had no hurling since defeating uh, Tipperary in that month's final. And I just think Limerick at the moment, they look very strong. However, they definitely will not want to start as slow as they did against Tipperary because this Waterford side, I think, are better equipped than Tip. And I think if Limerick give them a head start, they might be able to overturn it. But I'm sure Limerick will have learned loads about that slow start in that Munster final. So Limerick, for me, to just about get past Waterford. And the Cats of Kilkenny, Cody is back again with another new side. Can he take them on to an All-Ireland final up against Cork? Well, I'm sure he's absolutely delighted that nobody is talking about Kilkenny. They haven't been mentioned really anywhere in terms of winning this All-Ireland. And this is exactly how Cody will want it. He'll want nobody focusing in on them. However, they're up against the Rebels. And the Rebels are a strong team as well. And it's, 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 it's probably a game of two different types of sides. Uh, Kilkenny... I no doubt they're a big, strong, powerful team. Cork like to play short passes. They like to get in and around you, and they like to try and get in around the back of you. It's a very close game to call. The betting suggests, Jerry, that the bookmakers can't split them. It's so tight in the betting. They're almost joint favourites at the same price. And do you know what I'm going to go for here, Jerry? I'm going to go for the draw at 9-1. I just have a feeling this semi-final is going to be a humdinger. It's going to be score for score. It's going to be very close. And I'm going to go for a draw. Big price, 9-1. to one. Leon, thank you so much indeed. Until Friday next, take care. All the best, Jerry.
Leon Blanche there looking ahead to uh, some of the sporting action uh, this coming weekend. Hey, McGillicuddy, McGillicuddy, come here a minute before you go. Don't be running out there and uh, heading away off on us. Yes, you know who McGillicuddy is on late lunch this afternoon. Louise. I'm here. I had the coat on and everything. <laughs> <laughs> she has the air cooler on. She has the door open. She's thinking of poor Eddie coming I next am. to present the drive. Well, I'm going to tell you folks today I'm in freezing. Studio One, he won't need a mask. It's a gas mask he'll need this <laughs> afternoon to get going at the show. So if you hear Eddie a little muffled at that, you'll know what the reason is. Don't be asking anyway, for a Anyway, stay kiss. away from that Drummond House stuff. I'm only joking. They produce fantastic <laughs> products. It is fabulous. But by God, it gives off some <laughs> wang of garlic, doesn't it? It really, really does. Anyway, Louise, thanks again. I might as well say to you for everything you do on the show. Couldn't do it without you. Thanks no, a million. Ah, uh, no, 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 never, honestly. And uh, to our guests who joined us through the week, uh, thanks so much. But especially to you, our listeners, who join us and join in the conversation and the fun and more besides every single day. Thanks a million for being with us. Have a nice weekend. It's not the best weather-wise. Make the most of it anyway. And please, God, we'll have a bit of nice weather back before the end of the month and beyond. Eddie is coming next with The Drive. Take care of yourselves this weekend and do come back and join us for a brand new week of Late Lunch from 1.30 on Monday. We'll see you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We have the biggest range of light commercials in the Northeast with same-day business finance, so let our van specialist Danny find a commercial vehicle to suit your requirements. See blackstonemotors.ie. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. 
you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.